Well met, fellow adventurers. We are once again playing with Sir Croakington. And we've just defeated Elder the Dragon, got the Jagged Iron Shards, and can unlock the Vault of the Iron Dragon. But there's one thing we should do first. After the end of every multiplayer battle, the XP rewards are given out. Now let's just see what we got for that battle. Well, technically, it's another battle with Ildra because I claimed it. I claimed it once off mic and just now have polished off Ildra with Sir Crokington. Multiplayer experience reward. Alright, and here, here's the reward. There's two parts to the multiplayer rewards. There's the standard battle reward and the killing blow reward. The standard battle reward is the experience of multi experience and eventual earns for participating in one of the special multiplayer combat scenarios. The more damage an eventual does to the scenario's main villain, the more experience he or she will earn for their standard battle reward. In this case, I got 2,400 experience to general, which is quite a lot. And then there's the killing blow reward. The Killing Bow Award is an extra experience bonus earned by the last few adventurers to deal damage to the main villain of a multiplayer combat scenario before that villain is defeated. To earn this special award, an adventurer must be among the last adventurers to deal damage to the main villain. And that damage must be dealt no more than a few minutes prior to the end of the battle. And since... Uh, Sir Crokington was the only one to actually damage Ildridger that time. She definitely gets the reward, which is 256 experience to general, and more importantly, 64 XP to all skills and powers, which turns out to be about closer to 200 XP extra when, it, when it's put into the Quickstone bonus. It's all very nice. Oh, and I got a battle marker too. Yeah, you get if you solo a multiplayer, you get a round about that experience. If you do it with another person, you get less experience for the standard battle award. You still get the same killing blow reward, but it goes a lot quicker and it's a lot more fun. So, and of course. Since it's going quicker, you could move on to the next multiplayers. So, so I highly recommend you just go on the Di Swift Discord, which I just happened to one, and just say, "Hey, someone want to team up with me and uh, take down a pumpkin and make some pumpkin pie?" Well, that's that. Now to save once again because we got a battle marker. Now to the Vault of the Iron Dragon. You stand on a wage patch of stony ground at the edge of a vast swamp just wed of the copper wood in Fainvale. Well, what is Fainvale? Fainvale is a relatively new name given to a large valley located in the nook of the Fedorin Range. The name was 
The area was named in honour of Titus' five thanes, one of which we are very familiar with. And I think we, 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 we spent some time with most of the other ones. The Tyson mon monarchy has commissioned a large statue to be built of each new thane that is appointed. Statues are then placed at random locations within the Vale. The largest of these structures is over 20 feet tall. Hmm. wonder where Thane Poland's statue is. Setting the ground before you, nearly two feet below the level of the surrounding terrain, is a massive, moss-covered slab of stone. According to what you've been told, the stone slab is what covers the entrance to the massive let entrance to the legendary Vault of the Iron Dragon, the tome that is said to house the spirit of the long-dead Dragon Lord, Dewin Null. A broad circular impression has been engraved in the exact centre of the slab, and that's where we're just going to use the thing we got a bit back. Dewin Null. Who is Dewin Null? For four centuries, until his defeat at the hands of a band of brave adventurers, the great dust dragon during now, known as the Iron Dragon, held dominion over all the region now known as the Thane Vale. It is believed that during now possessed the ability to, to assume a solid iron form at will. Woo! That's handy, because of course iron is strong and very heavy. A tactic he used to thwart his most powerful enemies with a vast army of goblins, ogres, and trolls at his command, the fearsome dragon sought to conquer all the North Broadlands, and rid it of the scourge of humanity. Yeah, yeah, I get what he's going for. I get it, I get it. There are quite a lot of asshole humans, so you... Well, I get it, but... Genocide, not a nice thing to do. Before his plans of conquest could come to fruition, however, he was slain in his lair by a band of bold adventurers before scatter sh scattering into the shadowy corners of the world in the wake of their master's untimely demise. The dragon's most loyal, loyal supporters constructed a grand tomb in the swamps west of the copper wood in Thanevale. There, in the dark passages of the secret vault, it is said that powerful, powerful goblin mages preserve the spirit of their cruel dragon master. It hopes the mighty creature would someday to return, to at last achieve his conquest of the realm of man, which is also the realm of woman. Let's not, let's not, let's, not, let's, not, let's be fair about this. The, dra the heroes who defeated during Noel never returned from the great dragon's lair, and their fates remain a mystery to this day. Maybe we'll find out. It should be noted that Durin Null produced a single offspring during his long life, the dragoness Uldraja, who we fought in the previous episode, and she is very, very tough. And from what it looks like, Durinol may well be even tougher. Because, at least amongst other things, Ildridger never he never taught Ildridger the turn to iron 
turn to Iron Twig. Probably for the best, really, because that'll make the very multiplayer very difficult to go boing, 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 and you're just not doing any damage at all, and it's very noisy. A big clashy, clashy sound every time you hit. Hit it, it goes boing, boing. Yes, yes, not, not, not a good thing. Probably for the best for humanity that Ildridger never learnt the turn to Iron Twig. But maybe she will someday. You know, if she doesn't finally get slain. A particular item may be of use here. This is, of course, the item that we got. The Iron Dragon Disc. Two fearsome-looking dragons have been etched onto the surface of this large flat iron disc. A total of four glowing sapphires have been fitted into the eye sockets of the engraved dragons. Use it! 64 XP to general, and that's always a good sign. You place your iron dragon disc into the impression in the centre of the moss-covered stone slab. It's a perfect fit. Almost at once, the slab shudders violently, and begins to slide to the left, revealing a dark opening into the earth that has been long concealed. You attempt to retrieve the disc, but it refuses to budge. Yep, it's gone now. As the slab continues to react, you leap from its knotty surface and lodge that you spring from its knotty surface and land at the edge of the opening with a final low rumble. The last few inches of the stone slab disappear from view, leaving only the ominous darkness of the shadowy pit. As you peer down into the opening in the earth at your feet, you discover a, broad, a set of broad steps descend into the darkness below. Well, let's see what's down there. With curiosity overpowering your instinctive wariness, you ready your trusty light source and cautiously climb down into the pit. Alert for the first sign of danger, you cautiously descend the stairs. Alright, I've got down the stairs now. You stand at the, the southern end of a long arched passage that extends out of sight into gloom to the north. Behind you, a broad set of stone steps leads up to the surface, nearly 30 feet above. An eerie silence hangs over the musty corridors of the ancient tomb. Engravings of dragons adorn the mole-covered walls, and strange, intricate symbols have been carved into the stone tiles that make up this make up the passage floors. Okay. Now this passage is mainly this dungeon is mainly a north-south passage, and there's. Near the start, there's alcove to the east and west, and another alcove to the east and west, and another alcove to the east and west. You suddenly hear the faint, distant sound of rattling chains. Another alcove to the east and west. That's the fourth one. And then there's the fifth. You step into a broad alcove just off the tomb's main corridor. Standing at the back of the domed hollow is a life-sized iron statue. Wait. If Durin, Durin Noll can turn himself into iron, 
Surely he can turn other people into iron as well. Hmm. You thought it rusted by now, but... I, I guess... I guess, I guess, I guess that's just part of the goblin magic. The long-bearded man clutching two magics had moved to the east, and at the very end of the corridor, past, past five sets of alcoves to the east and west, is at the centre of this cavernous stone chamber stands a life-sized iron statue of Durin Null. You marvel at workship, workmanship, and labour. That went into creating the peace. For you're certain the imposing peace. Serves a far more sinister purpose. Than that of a tribute. To a fallen dragon. Whoa. And also getting that much iron. Is impressive. Because of course we're set in a medieval style kingdom. Where you don't really have. Well I'm not sure if they have cast iron yet. But it's quite likely that they don't have cast iron. Which means that every time you want to get a pound of iron, you gotta bash you gotta bash out a single bloom. Then do it again and do it again and do it again and do it again thousands of times. We're probably talking hundreds of thousands of hours of labour just to get the iron for that statue. A bit it's goblin labour, but still. The chill, an icy chill comes over you as you gaze upon the statue of the long-departed dragon lord. Approach the iron statue of Durinol. You step up to the iron statue of Durinol, but nothing happens. After examining the gruesome metal likeness of the great dragon for several minutes, you turn and make your way out of the chamber. Alright, I guess I've got to explore those outcoes first. Alright, I'm going to go to the southernmost alcove first. Southernmost set of alcoves, that is. You hear the faint, distant sound of rattling chains. Alright, going to try out the west first. You step into the small alcove off the main corridor of the tomb and find yourself staring at a verse engraved on one of the massive stone blocks that makes up the western wall. The verse reads, Here in this tomb we commit our Lord to silent, restless death. Step out of the alcove. Alright, and on the eastern side, you step into a small alcove off the tomb's main passage and discover a tense, a verse engraved on one of the massive stone blocks that make up the eastern wall. The verse weeds. Until the day he wakes we born of talon, fang and breath. Oh dear. I think that would be, a, if he does come back, I think that would be bad news for pretty much everyone except Ildra. Ooh, I, I don't know how she'd react. I guess you'd Probably be happy, but also rather grumpy about it. But as I said, I don't really know how how well they got along. It's not like we've, ne- we've never really talked with Ildredra about such things because we've been too busy with the stabby stab stab. Alright. 
Okay, up to the second set of alcoves. To the west. You step into a broad alcove just off the tomb's main corridor. Standing at the back of this domed hollow is the life-sized iron statue of a man in leather armour wielding an axe. Approach the statue. As you step towards the iron statue, it suddenly begins to move. You watch with a mix of fear and amazement as the heavy metal sculpture turns its head in your direction. You instinctively take a step back as the statue begins slowly lumbering towards you. It's unmoving eyes locked on your own. I guess I attack the statue. What happens if I flee immediately? You flee out of the alcove and spill into the broad main corridor of your tomb. Much to relief, the iron statue does not pursue you. You, 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 just, just, you just leave. Approach the statue. Attack the statue this time. You boldly engage the axe-wielding statue. That statue's eyes seem to adopt a pleading look as the heavy iron figure stomps to walk forward to meet your attack. Okay, okay. I don't think whoever is, whoever, whatever spirit is within this statue really has a choice about this matter. Begin combat. The statue of the axe-wielding man hacks at you. And I swing my club. Keep going, keep going. It's nearly finished. And he is slain. For 70 XP and 64 XP to general. Breathing heavily and bathed in sweat. You step back and stare down at the shattered remains of the iron statue at your feet. The statue's face survives the fray intact. And the, and the life... Like eyes set into its tarnished surface seem to stare directly up at you, spooky. Suddenly, a faint whisper echoes off the walls of the alcove. Before you can make out what is being said, the sound fades into silence. You make a quick search through the fragments of the statue, but discover nothing of any interest. After checking over your equipment and taking a few moments to catch your breath, you turn and step out of the alcove. Alright, now on to the east side. You step into the broad cal- alcove, just, just off the tomb's main corridor. Standing at the back of the domed hollow is the life-sized iron statue of a woman in flowing robes holding aloft an orb. Approach the statue. As you step towards the iron statue, it suddenly begins to move. You watch with a fear, mix of fear and amazement as the heavy metal sculpture turns its head in your direction. You instinctively take a step back as the statue begins slowly lumbering towards you. It's unmoving eyes locked onto your own. Attack the statue. You boldly engage the orb-wielding statue. The statue's eyes seem to adopt a pleading look as the heavy iron, iron figure stomps forward to attack the orb-wielding statue. The statue of the orb-wielding woman strikes at you. And I swing my club. I go into a battle wage as the smasher wallops to my foe for 8 damage. I continue with the battle wage. I'm gonna get you out of here or something like that. And slain. 71 XP and 96 XP to general. Breathing heavily and bathed in sweat, you step back and stare down. 
of the shattered remains of the iron statue at your feet. The statue's face has survived the fray intact, and the lifeless eyes set into its tarnished service seem to stare directly up at you. Suddenly, a faint whisper echoes off the walls of the alcove. Before you can make out what, being, what is being said, the sound fades into silence. You make a quick search through the fragments of the statue, but discover nothing of any interest. After checking over your equipment, taking a few moments to catch your breath, you turn up, turn and step out of the alcove. Okay, on to the third set of alcoves. And to the west, you step into a broad alcove just off the tome's main corridor. Standing at the back of this domed hollow is a lifelike, life-size iron statue of a chain-clad man with a, with a shield, raising a sword. Alright, and we approach the statue. As you step towards the iron statue, it suddenly begins to move. You watch with a mix of fear and amazement as the heavy metal sculpture turns its head in your direction. You instinctively take a step back as the statue begins slowly lumbering towards you. Its unmoving eyes locked on your own. Attack the statue! You boldly engage the swordsman statue. The statue's eyes seem to adopt a pleading look as the heavy iron figure stomps forward to meet your attack. It's a swordsman statue. Begin combat. The swordsman statue slashes at you with its deadly blade. I swing my club. The enemy deals you a savage blow for seven damage. Alright, keep going, keep going, keep going. Masterful bash for 14 x 2 MR, which is not needed. It is slain. 72 XP and 128 experience to general. Breathing heavily and bathed in sweat, you step back and stare down at the shattered remains of the iron statue at your feet. The statue's face has survived the fray intact, and the lifelike eyes set into the tarnished surface seem to stare directly up at you. Suddenly, a faint whisper echoes off the walls of the alcove. Before you can make out what is being said, the sound fades into silence. You make a quick search through the fragments of the statue, but discover nothing of any interest. After checking over your equipment and taking a few moments to catch your breath, you turn and step out of the alcove. Alright, now let's check the eastern side of the third set of alcoves. You step into an alcove just off the tomb's main corridor. Standing at the back of this delmed hollow is a life-sized iron statue of a hooded man in an iron tunic. Attack, approach the statue. As you step towards the iron statue, it suddenly begins to move. You watch with fear and amazement, although slightly less, less now that it's the fourth time it's happened. As the heavy metal sculpture begins to turn its head in your direction, you instinctively take a step back as the statue begins slowly lumbering towards you, its unmoving eyes locked onto your own. Attack the statue. You boldly engage the cold statue. The statue's eyes seem to adopt a pleading look as the heavy iron figure stomps forward to meet your attack. It's a cold statue. Begin combat. Strikes out at you with its heavy fists. Hmm, fists. Savage blow for some damage. 
and the Smasher wallops the foe for 8 damage, and that finishes it off. You know, along with the regular attack, you've slain your foe. 72 XP, 192 experience to general. Breathing heavily and bathed in sweat, you step back and stare down at the shattered remains of the iron statue at your feet. The statue's face has survived the fray intact, and a lifelike eye set into its tarnished surface seems to stare directly up at you. Suddenly, a faint whisper echoes off the walls of the alcove. Before you can make out what is being said, the sound fades into silence. You make a quick search through the fragments of the statue, but discover nothing of any interest. After checking over your equipment and taking a few moments to catch your breath, you turn and step out of the alcove. Okay, go north, now to the fourth set of alcoves, starting with the west. You step into a broad alcove just off the tomb's main corridor. Standing at the back of this doomed domed hollow is the lifelike statue of a plate-armoured, helmed man wielding a hammer. Approach the statue. As you step towards the iron statue, it suddenly begins to move. You watch with a mix of fear and amazement as the heavy metal sculpture turns its head in your direction. You instinctively take a step back as the statue begins slowly lumbering towards you. Its unmoving eyes locked onto your own. Attack! You boldly engage the hammer-wielding statue. The statue's eyes seem to adopt a pleading look as the heavy iron figure stumps forward to meet your attacks. A hammer-wielding statue. Clang! The hammer-wielding statue swipes you as massive weapon. Clang, clang, clang! I go into a battle rage. It's a very loud clanging. The enemy deals you a savage blow for 12 damage. Clangity, clangity, and another one for 7 damage. And another one for 10 damage. Then finish, then nearly, then one for 13, and then the next round, I finish it off. It is slain. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 72 experience. 256 experience to general. Breathing heavily and bathed in sweat. You step back and stare down at the shattered remains of the iron statue at your feet. The statue's face has survived the fray intact, and the lifelike eye set into the tarnished surface seemed to stare directly up at you. Suddenly, a faint whisper echoes off the walls of the alcove. Before you can make out what's being said, the sound fades into silence. You make a quick search through the fragments of the statue, but discover nothing of any interest. After checking over your equipment, and take a few moments to catch your breath. You turn and step out of the alcove, just going to heal myself from that lightest, from the latest kerfuffle. And to the east, you step into the broad alcove just off the tome's main co- tomb's main corridor. We're not in a tome, we're in a tomb. I'm sure we could end up in a tome later. In fact, we're certain too, because we have the Tome of Attainment. 
Standing at the back of this toned hollow is a life-sized iron statue of a woman in scale armour drawing a sword. Let us approach the statue. As you step towards the iron statue, it suddenly begins to move. You watch with a mix of fear and amazement as the heavy metal sculpture turns its head in your direction. You instinctively take a step back as the statue begins slowly lumbering towards you. It's unmoving eyes locked on your own. Attack! You boldly engage the swordsman's statue. The statue's eyes seem to adopt a pleading look as the heavy iron figure stomps forward to meet your attack. It's a swordswoman statue. The statue of the swordswoman slashes at you. Savage blow for 6 damage. Savage blow for 11 damage. Keep going, keep going. Another savage blow. Smash of wallops, another savage blow, and slain. 73 XP and 385 experience to general. That's starting to add up. Breathing heavily and bathed in sweat, you step back and stare down at the shattered remains of the iron statue at your feet. The statue's face has survived the fray intact. And the lifelike eyes set into the tarnished surface seems to stare directly up at you. Suddenly, a faint whisper echoes off the walls of the alcove. Before you can make out what is being said, the sound fades into silence. You make a quick search through the fragments of the statue, but discover nothing of any interest. After checking over your equipment, taking a few moments to catch your breath, you turn and step out of the alcove. Alright... Now up to the last set of alcoves, where uh, we know from trekking up from when we first explored them that there's also statues there. To the west, you step into the broad alcove just off the tome's main corridor. Standing at the back of this domed hollow is the life-size iron statue of a long-bearded man clutching two daggers. Approach the statue. As you step towards the iron statue, it suddenly begins to move. You watch with a mix of fear and amazement, as the heavy metal sculpture turns its head in your direction. You instinctively take a step back as the statue begins slowly lumbering towards you, its unmoving eyes locked on your own. Attack! Attack! You boldly engage the bearded statue. The, the statue's eyes seem to adopt a pleading look as the heavy iron figure stomps forward to meet your attack. It's a bearded statue. The statue of the bearded old man stabs at you with two daggers. Alright, seven, seven damage from a savage blow. The smasher warps your foe for ten damage. Another savage blow for nine and then fourteen. Then another 14 damage. Got a lot of these savage blows. Savage blow for 8 damage. This one's got a lot of health. As you'd expect, the deeper you go, the harder they become. Wallop for 13. Keep going, keep going. Savage blow for 7 damage. Very nearly finished. And slain. 73 XP and 512 experience to general. Breathing heavily and bathed in sweat, you step back and stare down at the shattered remains of the iron statue at your feet. The statue's face has survived the fray intact, 
and the lifelike eyes set in its tarnished surface seem to stare directly up at you. Suddenly, a faint whisper echoes off the floor walls of the cave. Before you can make out what's being said, the sound fades into silence. You make a quick search through the fragments of the statue, but discover nothing of any interest. After checking over your equipment and taking a few moments to catch your breath, you turn and step out of the alcove. Right, and check to the east. You step step into a broad alcove just off the tomb's main, co- tomb's main corridor. Standing at the back of this domed hollow is a life-size iron statue of a scowling man gripping a spear. Approach the statue. As you step towards the iron statue, it suddenly begins to move. You watch with a mix of fear and amazement as the heavy metal sculpture turns its head in your direction. You instinctively take a step back as the statue begins slowly lumbering towards you. It's unmoving eyes locked onto your own. Attack the statue. You boldly engage the scowling statue. The statue's eyes seem to adopt a pleading look as the heavy iron figure stomps forward to meet your attack. Begin combat with the scowling statue. There is a savage blow for 14 damage as the statue of the scowling man thrusts its spear at you. Yes, using spears. Don't see that very often. Yeah, which is sort of odd because the spear is the main weapon of history. Yeah, I mean, for most... I see, out of all the weapons that have ever been made... Most of them have been spears, because, well, spears are easy. All you need is a stick, and then you make it sharp. And then you point the point, and then you put the sharp end in whatever you want to die. And you keep the blunt end towards you. Don't, don't, don't reverse it. Don't put the sharp end in yourself. That will end badly. And sometimes you want to make it fancy. You put a bit of metal on the end so it's extra sharp and extra hard. Or you put a little cross guard in so so you don't end up with a boar just running up the spear and goring you anyway. Because nobody gets angry like a pig gets angry. Yes, and... Oh, you can just make it really long. Long, and then you can keep the other people further away. And you think, oh, then you go, ooh, let's get a load of other guys with these spears next to each other. And you put your spears in front of each other, and you just walk. Walk forward and stab anything that gets in your way. And then you have a flanix. And you might want a spear, too. Makes the, makes the other side, who probably also has a flanix, have a slightly more difficult job of the stabbing. Because you can block it with the spear. Yes, and that was the the default method of warfare for pretty much most of history. Just get a bunch of dudes with spears and just have them stab at each other until one side runs away. Yeah, you know, until the Romans came up and realised, well, just go around the side. <laughs> or something like that. 
Then everything became about swords for a while. And then Rome fell, and everything became about about knights for a bit. But anyways, ha ha! Spears! And the spears came back, and then people invented guns, and everything was ruined. Savage Blow for 9 damage. Savage Blow for 13 damage. Another Savage Blow. I didn't even read the damage. I was just clicking through so fast. Another Savage Blow. Savage Blow 12 damage. 17 damage. And Slain. 74 XP. And 728 experience to General. Which means I got more XP from that one fight... Then we you'd get from doing the entire. Then you get from concluding the Caves of Westworld adventure, which I think kind of highlights that the XP rate gen tends to go up the deeper you get into the game. That's a tendency. It's not a solid rule, like you get with some MMOs where the amount of XP you get is pretty much solely, mostly determined by the level of the adventure you're going on. And there's a heavy, 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 heavy penalty to it if you happen to be even a little bit above the level. Anyway, back we go. Breathing heavily and bathed in sweat, you step back and stare down at the shattered remains of the iron statue at your feet. The statue's face has survived the fray intact, and the lifelike eyes set on its tarnished surface seem to stare directly up at you. Suddenly, a faint whisper echoes off the walls of the alcove. Before you can make out what is being said, the sound fades into silence. You make a quick search through the fragments of the statue, but discover nothing of any interest. After checking over your equipment, taking a few moments to catch your breath... You turn and step out of the alcove. Okay, there we are. I fully healed from all that nonsense. Well, okay, now I've fully healed. Now that I've explored all the alcoves and fought all the statues, something should happen at the great big statue of the dragon. At the centre of this cavernous dome chamber, Stands a life-size iron statue of Durin Knoll. You marvel at the workmanship and labour that obviously went into creating the piece. For you're certain the posing piece serves a far more sinister purpose than that of a tribute to the fallen dragon. As you stand gazing upon the statue of the long-departed dragon lord, you begin to think that the frozen, lifelike eyes of the iron sculpture are following your every move. Well, they probably are. Approach the iron statue of Durin Null. As you step towards the iron statue of Durin Null, a loud, echoing war suddenly fills the chamber. A pale blue glow envelops the massive statue, and out of its gaping, fang-filled maw spills the terrifying, shimming apparition of a fearsome dusk dragon. The ghostly statue assumes lifelike up The ghostly dragon! It's not a statue anymore. It's a ghost of a dragon from a statue. It assumes a lifelike size as it soars into the air above the statue, 
stretching wide its phantasmal wings. Hovering above the iron statue and slowly beating its broad, talon-tipped wings is the spirit of Durin Null, preserved through the centuries in this shadowy tomb by tomb by powerful goblin magic. Hmm, that could come in handy. And the spirit of the great dragon grumbles something barely audible in the ancient tongue of his kin, and then draws back his long, scaly neck as it prepares to attack. Now, one thing about Juno, he must be really, really bored. I mean, incredibly bored. You've been stuck in an iron statue in a tomb where no one comes for centuries? How bored must Jiri Noll be? So really, really bored. And the goblins never thought to bring him any books. Typical goblins. Preserving your spirit and not giving you any books. I mean... I mean, Durinol was angry before, but he must be furious now. In- I could flee. You know what, I'm going to flee. You turn and flee from the fearsome dragon spirit as you dash, you dash, dash towards the arch on the southern edge of the chamber, however. Durinol unleashes a massive breath of flame at your back. Wait, he's a ghost and he can breathe fire? Now that's just unfair. Picking a number. Bonus of 57. 20 from agility. 20 from body. 17 from luck. Pick now. 111 success. With the dragon spirit deadly breath surging along at your heels. You split through the towering arch into the broad passage below. You've escaped certain death by only seconds. Thankfully, the spirit of Juno does not pursue me, and quite possibly cannot pursue me, because I assume part of the goblin magic is bounding the spirit to the statue so it can't be yoinked away to wherever it is that dragon ghosts go. I really don't know where they go. And I probably don't want to find out. Okay, let's try this again without fleeing. Approach the iron statue. Okay, engage Durinel. Because that's the the option that's available. Because I don't speak... Because I don't talk ancient dragonese. Uh, There's no way I could just, you know, have a nice chat with the dragon. Who, of course, would hate Sir Crokins because using dragon vision... Dragon Vision, Durinel would know that Sir Crokington is actually human transformed into a frog. If I was a frog all along, I'm not sure how Durinel would feel. Probably just incredibly smug and superior. Because when you're a dragon, you've earned that. You've earned feeling smug and superior by being a dragon. You hold your ground and bravely engage the spirit of the long dead dragon lord. Durinel stretches wide his fang-filled jaws and unleashes a deafening roar. War that shakes the chamber as he soars forward on his whippling phantasmal wings and attacks. Begin combat!
You tremble with uncontrollable rage as you assail your foe. Gah! This is for not raising Ildred, you're right! Or, well, maybe that you did raise her right. We haven't really talked about it. But she's also a genocide. She's also pro-genocide. So, yeah, you, you pass that on. Which is probably your intention. Either way, I'm angry! The ghastly dragon's spirit wars as it swipes out to do with this mist-enveloped claws. Keep going. The battle wage continues and the battle wage is ended. And the dragon is two-thirds dead already. Very useful, that battle wage. You should definitely... You should definitely can definitely go get your elixirs and acquire it. Go down. If you don't have it yet, go down to Durnstig and get it. Smash a wallops your foe for 20 damage. 20 Christmassy damage. It's nearly done. And slain. Well, uh, for some reason, I don't think that's going to stick because of goblin magic. And dragon, 72 XP. The, both enchantments helps me. Helps me. I've got one score of one and avoided a one. I got a score wall of 20 and avoided a score of one. A thunderous war shakes the cavernous chamber as the shimmering apparition of Durinel glows brightly for several moments and then abruptly disappears. No sooner has the dragon spinet vanished, a strange sensation washes over you. The sensation passes swiftly, leaving you breathless and somewhat disorientated. 384 experience to general, and 128 experience to all skills and powers, which is very nice indeed. On to the next. Yep, here we go. You make a thorough search of the large chamber and discover nothing of any particular value. Confident you haven't overlooked anything, you're about to make your way back along the passage to the south, when you suddenly spot a faint blue glow on the ground, near the Iron Dragon statue's white foot. White front foot. Stepping close to the glow, you're surprised to find it animates from a small fragment of what appears to be an iron wand. You immediately pick up the curious object. It's a glowing wand fragment. Let's have a closer look. A faint blue glow animates from the iron wand fragment. After studying the glowing wand for several moments, you turn and exit the chamber, only to find yourself confronted by a ghastly sight. You stare in disbelief at the ghostly images of the band of brave adventurers who so long ago defeated Durinel, now standing beneath the tall arch leading into the chamber. You immediately recognise these figures to be identical to the iron statues you encountered and defeated in the alcoves that line the main passage of main passage of the tomb. I assume Durinel you turned them all into Iron statues as some sort of last ditch, pure, pure spite attack that even though, even though it was dead, it could still, you know, absolutely ruin them. One of the glowing apparitions of the young woman 
holding a shimmering orb, steps forward and bows. She then raises her face and smiles as she addresses you in a faint but melodotic turn. You now possess one of the seven parts of the Wand of Dragonfire, she says. If all seven of its pieces can be found and it can be reassembled, the wand can be used to make certain certain that Juinol never again threatens this world. You must return here when sufficient time has passed and again defeat the dragon spirit. You attempt to engage the ghostly figure of the woman in conversation, as there are several questions you wish to pose to her, but before you can utter a word, she and the others begin to rapidly fade from view. Well, I guess if you've only got a little bit of time, you make sure you say what needs to be said. In a matter of moments, the spectral figures have completely vanished, leaving you alone before the towering iron statue of the date dra- Great Dusk Dragon. With no desire to linger here, you take a final look around the cavernous chamber before heading back through the arch to the south. Alright, and we'll go north again. Approach the statue. Nope, nothing happens. Because the great spirit is is still re- recovering. I don't know how. Maybe that maybe there's a nice maybe there's a really nice little spirit bed hiding in the statue. Who knows? Who knows? Anyway, let's get out of here. Climb up the stairs and exit the vault. You quickly climb the broad steps and exit the vault. You stand on a raised patch of stony ground at the edge of a vast swamp just west of the copper wood and faint bow. A dark opening in the earth to the north contains a broad set of stone steps that lead down to the legendary vault of the Iron Dragon, the tone that is said to house the spirit of the long-dead Dragon Lord, Durin Null. You can rest here. After moving a safe distance from the entrance to the vault, you settle down in a small thicket and get some west. And that fully restores me, which is, very, which is nice. Now I can travel. Okay, so the next thing I have to do is return, is return to that place and defeat the dragon again to get more shards of the wand. And I'm going to have to do that six more times to get all seven shards. And then, well, then we'll just have to see. But anyhow, we've already passed 50 minutes. So, fighting it again and again, fighting it six more times. Hmm. Well, it might be in the next episode, or I might just skip ahead to the seventh. I haven't decided yet. But either way, until then, farewell, fellow adventurers.